Hello and welcome to Encounter Mercy. I'm Vince Dragone and I have with me Jesse Spanigal and AJ Gedney. How's it going, guys? Good, good. Everyone having How a good doing? Good. Everyone having a good Lent? <laughs> so far, so that good. That is the question of the day. Yeah. Well, AJ, you want to tell Thanks. us a little bit about what's going on with you? Yeah, so um, a couple days from now, on Saturday, the 27th, I will be ordained a deacon. Yeah, uh, Bishop, Bishop Boys at yeah. the Diocese of Covington, Kentucky. Yeah, that's fantastic! Congratulations, that's so Thanks. exciting. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Um, I prayed, yeah, because I mean, Brother Barnabas and I have the podcast about the promises and prayers of the ordination. Um, but just reflecting on that for my winter retreat and kind of coming back to them every couple of days has been really fruitful. Um, I think like, well, if I should pray with anything, it should be the prayers that are going to like do the thing, like make me a celibate or like raise me to the order of deacon. Um, so I think I'm as ready as I can be at this point. So are you nervous? You've got to be nervous. Yeah. When I start like thinking about uh, mainly like liturgy and again, like I'm a planner. I like to have control. I can know what I'm doing. Um, but there's only so much prep you can do before you actually do it. It's like you can read a ton of books about raising a child and then when you're doing it, you're like, oh, like, do I know anything? Um, at least that's how I feel like with my friends who are married and have kids. But I think once I get home, I'll probably get more nervous right now. I'm just in a lot of planning mode, um, making sure, you know, uh, things are getting done, that I have everything I need. So I think once I get closer, I'll get a little, little more anxious. But right now I'm just kind of excited. So I'll tell you how I felt on my wedding day. And I'm sure Jesse probably felt the same way too. But everyone asked me, leading up to it, are you, gonna, are you nervous? Are you nervous? I'm like, no, I got this under control. It's no big deal. It's fine. And then uh, the wedding day comes, and I'm like shaking. <laughs> I was like, so nervous. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, then the ceremony happens, and then you're married. And then that's wherever that's where it really starts. It doesn't really start at uh, you know just the the whole getting married thing. It really starts with the marriage and the steps after that you take. So no, good, very exciting. So Easter's coming up, and I really wanted to talk about something that has kind of been on my mind lately because I've been doing a, um, a side project on the topic of sacrifice. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Christ's sacrifice on the cross and what that means for us. And I know, I mean, most of our listeners probably already know what it means for us and what Easter is, but maybe we can go in a little bit deeper as, you know, to what is sacrifice? How, how do we... You know, what do we sacrifice on a daily basis? What are some ways that we can, um, you know, sacrifice things that, you know, we, as parents, uh, Jesse, you know, we sacrifice things all the time for our children, for the, for the betterment of our children so that they can grow up to, you know, to be believers and, and to really go against what society is doing. And we sacrifice a lot because of that. Yeah, it's, it's such a good word because it's, it's very countercultural. So the world tells us to uh, conserve and take everything. And, uh, you know, you deserve all this. And um, so when we hear the word sacrifice, it's like, why why would you do that? <laughs> and I think for, you know, me being a, a dad and a husband, uh, it's so important right now that I sacrifice little things. Because, you know, down the road here, I, you know, it prepares us for the big sacrifices of life. Um, you know, if your health is taken away or you lose a job, these huge sacrifices, it helps us prepare for life. 
And I think, you know, that's the ultimate love, right? That's what Jesus gives us is sacrifice. So that's what we can do for our children. That's what we can do for our spouses. And uh, that's ultimately what the, you know, religious do. Uh, they sacrifice everything for the, the, the flock, God's church. And it's so important that we learn this word. Um, and it, it starts with little things uh, because when, you know, when we hear this, we're like, wait, wait a minute. I, I'm told that I should be entitled to all this stuff. I should have all this. I work hard. And that's kind of like, that's where we need to get over that, that attitude. Like for me, uh, you know, one of the things I, I just, something I've been struggling with is, is my weight for years. And I've always viewed it as, okay, Jesse, you work hard and, you know, I have the youth minister hours, you know, I'm up till midnight and stuff like that. You work hard, you do all this good. You deserve a cheeseburger. So it's like, no, you can't look at things that way. It's not good. It's not healthy to, to have that relationship with anything, food or um, a hobby or anything. So I had to kind of rethink uh, what sacrifice means. So it's not that you're doing good. You need to pat yourself on the back and you get, that's not how we need to look at things. So, um, you know, each of us has something we're struggling with um, to take little sacrifices and build them into ultimate love sacrifice. And that's, that's what we need to get to. And it starts with the little ones. It starts with uh, the patience. Um, it starts with the understanding. And that way, when those big life moments hits us, we're prepared. I think that's an analogy I kind of live by when it comes to sacrifice. Yeah, Jesse, you said something really interesting. Uh, you know, the society of the world will say, you shouldn't have to do that. Or like, why are you giving that up? You know, you can have your cake and eat it too. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I, I get the say I get um, the question about celibacy a lot, as I'm sure, you know, the monks and our, our priest friends do is, well, why are you giving that up? And like, why would you want to do that? But Jesse, to your point is, it always has a deeper meaning. It's never just for itself. Like, I'm not just celibate for the sake of being celibate, like I couldn't get a date. No, it's like a much bigger meaning. You know, it's living like we will in heaven where you are neither married uh, nor given in marriage um, and to live like Jesus lived and to have that openness for pastoral ministry. Just the same thing. You don't have kids just to have kids. You have kids because they're a result of the love you have for your spouse um, and to bring them up, your kids up in the faith. So I, that's always a question I get a lot. Um, but yeah, what you said just reminded me of that is, well, society thinks you just have everything. You're entitled to everything. Um, it, I think we've lost the meaning of doing something for like a much, much deeper reason. And, and I think that's why sacrifice is such a foreign word to a lot of us these days is because we're just so used to, especially, you know, in the United States, especially even, you know, I, I grew up not having a whole lot of money, but even then we were, we were never without anything. And so to even the thought of going, you know, even going without food or going without something like a video game or something silly like that, um, it, it was just like, it was unimaginable. And, you know, if, when you, when you look at sacrifice, it seems like it's so hard and it's, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're trying to give up, whatever it may be, it's so hard, but, but it usually is rightly ordered into doing something, you know, something else, just like, you know, going to the gym. Um, I hate it. And, you know, in the wintertime, I don't work out as much. So I get a little bit, you know, pudgier because it's too cold because I work out in the garage, but like, I got to get up and get in there 
and I know that I'm going to be healthy one day so I can, you know, so I can be around for my family. And it's, it's, you know, it's ordering it to a, you know, to a good. Um, and you know, that's, you know, that's really what I think the definition of sacrifice really comes to is giving up something, uh, good for something else or giving up something for the greater good or for something good. It's hard though. when Everything's so convenient. Everything's so at, at your fingertips, information, food. I want to, I want a, um, you know, a burrito. I go right, drive, drive to Taco Bell, get that burrito right now. We're not teaching. And I think this is one of the problems we have, you know, with Catholic families that they don't understand the beauty of the sacrifice of the mass when we can't understand the sacrifice at our dinner table. Like, yeah. you know, I grew up, you know, we made these meals where my grandparents would help out and aunts and uncles would be there. And there was an animal and it gave its life for us to have a meal. And everybody pitched in and cleaned up afterwards. And this culture has kind of ripped that from us. We have it on Thanksgiving or Easter or Christmas, but it's more rare uh, for even families to sit together, sacrifice time. Um, and, you know, we have, you know, this culture that's like, no, 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 you, you can do it right now. Get what you want. Don't worry about that precious time that you guys have. And that's one of the things I try to do with my kids is, is I try to incorporate them into even making meals together and, you know, yeah, they're not doing it perfect, but they're seeing like all the work that goes into it, the dishes and the cleaning up and the cooking and all this stuff that we can sit down and have a meal. I think those things are important for them to learn right now. That way they appreciate that's that's what sacrifice gives us, that appreciation of love and all that's been given. I, I like what you said about, you know, how do we expect people to appreciate the sacrifice of the mass if we can't even appreciate the own sacrifice at our dinner table, that's so true. And you know, let's let's dive into let's dive into the sacrifice of the mass a little bit. Let's dive into um, you know Christ's sacrifice for us. And and what does that mean? Ag, I'll have you answer this one. You know what what does that mean for us, and what can we learn from that? Um, so this ties into what I thought when you first mentioned uh, the topic today of sacrifice is. The definition and its etymology. So the definition is the offering of something uh, to a deity as an act of propitiation or homage. Um, and it comes from two Latin words, sacra, like holy, a holy thing, and then facere, which is to make. So it's like to make something holy. So I think the sacrifice of the mass is we remember, we recollect Christ's sacrifice, where he offers himself up to God um, as an act of homage, right? And we, and we know further forgiveness of our sins. I think that's where that's where that term comes from in the sacrifice of the mass, because the whole mass, we're remembering everything, Christ's life, his passion, his death, and his resurrection, and all that was done um, for the remission of sins. That's good. And I mean, it echoes what St. Paul says in the Romans. He says, um, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. And I think he did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. I think we've, we've forgotten this sometimes. And the, the real beauty of what is happening at Mass is, is forgotten. Um, I think it's like, I, you know, so many of us go, go to Mass and we, we punch that clock. And uh, I think we need to get back to 
what's really happening there. Um, making, you know, setting it apart, making it holy. I don't know. Ooh, no, Jesse, that's, that's an awesome point. Um, the relationship between sacrifice and holiness, because at least in the Old Testament, especially holiness was being set apart for God. Um, like you said, like a farmer would set apart his first harvest for God. Because I think sacrifice for the Old Testament, you know, you're a good Jew, you go to the temple in Jerusalem, and you, you know, a couple times a year, you brought your um, cow or your ram or your lamb to be sacrificed mm -hmm. as an offering to God, sometimes in Thanksgiving, sometimes for the remission of your sins. Um, so yeah, that, that just reminded me of that is, I think sacrifice and holiness go together. Mm -hmm. um, I think especially like in the mass, we're making that hour of mass holy for God, like we are setting it apart. Like this is not my time anymore. Like it belongs to God. Right. And that's I mean, even, you know, I, I work for the church. So it's like, I want to try to get to mass as much as I can. Just even, even if it's 15 minute daily mass um, to go and just take that time to start, kind of start my day and be there and start, you know, it's a great way to start your day. Um, and it's like, okay, God, this, this day is yours. I gave it to you. You gave, you get you. It's a blessing that I have this day. And that's kind of my prayer as I go in and, and sit there and it's, it just takes 15 minutes and that those are the, the, the normal days. So I like that. I like that mentality. Yeah. It's like, especially praying in the morning can be a sacrifice because you want to roll over or hit snooze. So I always thought of, you know, the ancient Jewish, uh, farmer or, uh, you know, herdsman he'd offer the best of his flock to god or the farmer would offer the best of his uh harvest but it's always also as important as the first fruits of the harvest okay. so i imagine like what are the first fruits of my day when i open my eyes and i can either say like good morning god or i can say good god it's morning so <laughs> again i can i can set those moments aside that when i first open my eyes and realize i'm awake so i can thank god like wow i have another day to live like beautiful okay god um so I think that's a, that's a good point too. Is I'm sure if you're not a farmer or a, a herdsman, you think, oh, I don't have first fruits. No, you do. You know. Yeah. You can pray before when you you can pray when you get to work. Dedicate your workday to God before you but, eat. All that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there I, is some. There's something about that labor aspect. I have a lot of farmer friends, and you know, I have my one buddy who's a dairy farmer, and he's telling me there's just something beautiful about watching things grow. And he was like, you know, and he's correlating it to crops and animals and stuff like that. But for us as faith, it's something that gives a, a tangible meaning. So we, you know, oftentimes, once again, in our fast paced culture, we're not taking the time to sit back and appreciate and look around at the beauty around us. We're just always go, 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 go. And we lose that idea of that. I, if my sacrifice doesn't have no meaning, I'm going to stop doing it. And so we need, that's why God gives us the seventh day to rest, to sit back like he did and say, look around and say, it is good. Today it is good what we did. So I think that's an important aspect of sacrifice that we don't lose the sense of all that we're doing it has a purpose, has a meaningful, uh, like you said earlier, we're doing it for a higher good, right? And and that, that gets lost in the daily, the daily grind. So I think most people before they realize that they've they've already burned themselves out before they realize that it's for something greater uh, and that it's not a waste. And like I try to think of like what are some ways, what are some ways to like, because not everybody, you know, not everyone's a you know 
whether you're uh, a, a daily mass goer, whether you're someone who shows up to church every once in a while, we all, no matter who you are, whether you don't go to church at all, you all, we always sacrifice something, right? And sometimes we feel like our sacrifice is wasted. Even, you know, e- you know even sometimes I feel that way. And like, it's just something that you got to try to get in the back of your head. But what are some things to kind of remind yourself, you know, that, that this isn't, this, this isn't a waste and I need to continue doing this. I think one thing is realizing that like your life and your work has an incredible amount of meaning for God. I think the word sacrifice loses all meaning. If you think you aren't worth anything or what you do does not matter. Like I am no, nobody, I'm a nothing. I'm a slave to my nine to five. My wife and kids hate me. Nothing matters. Then it's you can't sacrifice because if it's giving up of something good and you think there's nothing good in you, there's no point. So I think one thing is realizing that God sees every single sacrifice you make. Like God loves you like you're the only person he ever created. So then if we kind of realize that, like, oh wow, I have all this dignity and worth that God's giving me, then we can like give it back to him, say, Hey God, like you are worthy, you are good. Let me give this. Let me give this work back to you, or let me give you this traffic that's frustrating me on the way to work. Let me offer this up to you, um, because God knows, like you are important to Him. I like that. Is you know the Hebrews were slaves to the Egyptians, and they were measured by the how many bricks they could lay. And I think we get caught up in the same enslavement to our jobs. You know, you always hear like people are like. Uh, oh, I, I'm I'm gonna do stop this because I need to spend more time with my family. There's always that regret, and it's like I don't want to live with that regret. I I think that's that's really good to find find value in yourself. Um, for me personally, um, I keep I'm a physical person. I need to see something, so I keep um, f- my four children. I keep their first year of life. I have like a collage of each of them, and I keep it at the bottom of the steps every day. And so I, as I walk downstairs, you know, I do my prayers. I walk downstairs and to go get my coffee, and uh, I uh, I see their pictures, and I'm like, this is this is what's important right now. I'll, I'll never have those days back, and I, I need to make sure I'm a good dad, I'm a good husband, and that could just kind of, that physical um, reminder is important for me to have um, to remember my sacrifice. I know people that even taped reminders in their ceilings. It says like, don't forget to pray when you wake up. Um, So that's, I think that's important too, is knowing your own tendencies. Like uh, my parents have rosaries and religious cards in the dash of their car. So I'm sure if they're driving and things are frustrating, they see that first. Like, oh, let me say the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. Or look, there's a picture of, you know, the Virgin Mary or a rosary. Let me pray a decade. So it's kind of knowing what your tendencies are. And you can kind of counteract them before they get in your way. Yeah. Yeah. There's the sacramentals. It's, you know, before I, I prayed the rosary every day, even having the rosary in my pocket just reminded me to pray, you know, stick my hand and feel, feel that rosary. I think that, yeah, that's a good tip. So every, every morning while I'm brushing my teeth, that's the first time I pick up my phone and I always open up the Laudete app and go to the daily prayer. And that's, I always start it. And I have this thing where it's, if you're going to use your phone, you're going to pray first, no matter what. If you're going to use your phone, you use it to pray, but you get that out of the way first before you check social media, your email, whatever it is. And that's been going, I've been doing that for over a year now. And it's, it's helpful because sometimes you just, you know, you don't, whether you wake up late, whatever it is, you don't have to pretend to pray before, you know, you start your day or whatever. It's no matter what I do, 
before I pick up my phone or before I use my phone for something you know, that's stupid, it's time to pray first. That's awesome. That's yeah. good, good tradition. Habit is so. important too because um, it's like, I don't know, flossing is terrible when you first do it because your gums bleed and you can't find the time to do it. But then you get in a groove and then it becomes automatic. Um, so I think it's important too to find sacrifices. I have that yet to get you. in that groove. My dentist yells at me every single time I go. <laughs> I started flossing every day out of curiosity because I was like, wait, can they actually tell if I do? So oh, I did it can. out of a prideful reason. I did it out of a prideful <laughs> reason. And the next time I went back six months later, the, the technician was like, huh, your gums are better. And I was like, what? And also they scrape by your teeth less with the prison shank. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I like, yeah, like, like sacrifice. There it is. It was hard in the beginning. I know it's good for me. And then like you get the benefits from it. Um, Dang it, AJ. So now like, I'm going to have to. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to do that. Hold on a minute. By, I by the one night, of those water nice Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> know yourself uh, and figure out what works, or like pray while you floss, or something like that. So I think I think sacrifice and habit are um, they really go together, um, and especially when I think of like Lent is, for me, I know what would be an impossible penance, but I also know what would be like a easy peasy penance. Um, so kind of aiming for the middle. Because I know some people may be scrupulous and say, like, oh, I'm going to pray five rosaries on my way to work. Like, is that sustainable? Like, yeah. maybe not. Um, but to know, like, what your limits are. So I guess yours, Jet, uh, <laughs> yours events is flossing. <laughs> I know I can do it. I just have to. Just have to do it. So anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up here? We're already at about 23 minutes or so. I, I have a, a question for you two. Sure. Um, get your opinions on is – for Lent, I've heard it from a couple of bishops, um, maybe a saint or two, I forget, but they always made a distinction between what we chose to do for Lent and then what God would give us for Lent. Um, and I think in my homiletics class, we had a Sunday homily and I, I did it about this is we're all very, we get kind of prideful, like, oh, I'm doing the, I'm doing a good penance or ask my spiritual director. He gave me this penance. It's going to be hard, but good. And then God puts a penance in our life. Like, I don't know, an annoying coworker or know an illness or you know our, our child's doing bad in school and then we just like spurn god like god why'd you give this to me this is terrible this is awful um but i i kind of especially during lent i'm more reminded that god will give us penances too and i think sometimes those can be more fruitful so i don't know what your thoughts are on that so yeah uh you spoke to exactly what might going on in my life right now um so right before lent started we're really at the end of january my my daughter was born and uh healthy Thank God, everything good there. But a couple of weeks later, my wife had a um, a uh, pulmonary embolism, a very large one, that blocked half of her left lung, and so um, now she's been diagnosed with a clotting uh, disease and all this stuff, and will be on blood thinners the rest of her life. But in the meantime, while she has this clot and her lung is dying, um, she's not allowed to do anything for like six months to a year. So it has been, um, you know, I, I look at that as. You know, I we weren't expecting this, and going into going into Lent, you know, I had my plans for, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'm going to ha- actually have an awesome Lent this year because COVID kind of ruined everything last year, and I kind of gave up, and it's going to be great. And uh, and then this comes along, and uh, it's really been, you know, it's been kind of a trial. We've been kind of looking at it as a penance and seeing, you know, and and, and but a lot of fruit has came, you know, come from it as well. You know, we realized how. You know, we thought we didn't have a support system up here because none of our family lives here. But, you know, all of our friends and neighbors came out of the woodwork to help us out, like went above and beyond. 
we're spending a lot more time as a family. You know, so there's a lot of really good things that's come out of it. Our prayer life has grown like exponentially. So, so yeah, uh, I agree. You know, I I agree with that. That sometimes God gives you penances, and um, and it goes against anything that you thought would ever even happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful testimony. I um, yeah, I saw it. Go ahead. I say, I saw a Facebook status um, this time last year, kind of when everything shut down. And it said, "I had planned to give things up for Lent, but I didn't plan on giving up this much." Right. And that's what kind of sparked <laughs> yeah. that idea for the homily was. But, but what if that was part of your penance was like to accept what you didn't plan to give up? Yeah. No, I, th- I think, I think it's us, spot on. I, I I think that you know what's the old saying? If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, for us, it's it's the same thing. I think being in tune with God. Um, I've been very blessed in my life. I I really count my blessings. I look at people around me who have literally had a living hell in their life. And I'm just like, I'm constantly preparing myself for like something bad. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I, I really try to be in tune with what God is putting in my path. And that's my prayer every day. I, every day I wake up and I say, God, put people in my path um, who need you and let me be a vessel to show them your love and mercy. And that's every morning I wake up and I say, okay, God, Whoever it is, let me show them you. And it was a prayer that I prayed when I was a young kid. Um, I remember when I was like 15, 16 years old, I was I was kind of a, aware of my blessings in my life. And I remember saying, telling God, I said, God, send me to hell to help bring people out. And I think that's that's important for us. And I, I, that prayer has resonated many times throughout my life and in, in in being in ministry um, I've seen people and helped people who have had tough lives. And I've had to sacrifice. Um, so there's sacrifice there. But me personally, I've been very blessed. So I think that's, you know, being in tune with what God is sending you is key. Make, being open to that, that surrender is, is key. Um, those are the things that, you know, as a Christian, as we constantly walk through this life, um, through the ebbs and flows, through the seasons, through the valleys and hills, whatever analogy you want to use, um, understanding that uh, we have a living faith, a living faith breathes in and breathes out. And for us, it's it's being in tune with that and saying, okay, God, I really feel that you're calling me to this, but I'm open to what you have in plan, what you have in store, because I know it's going to be good. That's kind of how I think we need to approach Lent and, and approach um, our sacrifices in life. I think it, it's just another level of discipleship is you go to a point where you're like comfortable, like, okay, God, I'm going to sacrifice. And then it's the next step to say, to have that humility and openness to say, God, I will sacrifice what you want me to sacrifice. Because I, I think it comes back to love is like, okay, God, I'm ready to love you or serve you, especially. But then it's another step of um, that spiritual maturity to say, God, let me serve you in the way that you want me to serve you. Um, so I think it's just like kind of taking another step is, you don't sacrifice at all. Now you're getting used to sacrifice and you do it with regularity. And then the next step is to say, God, like, what do you want to place in my path today to give up? It's scary. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. It's it's one of those prayers where you're like, um, you gotta be really careful when you pray it. 
Yeah, he might give you what you asked for. <laughs> That's right. God, make me a patient person. All right. There's a nun back home where it says, like, never do that. Never ask for patience or humility because instead of giving it to you, God will just give you the chance to use it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think it's a great place to wrap up. Well, thank you guys for coming on tonight and talking about sacrifice. And uh, everybody, I hope you're having an amazing Lent. And uh, Easter's on its way up here. This has been a quick, quick couple of weeks here. Um, so, hey, head on over to our website, EncounterMercy.com. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so on any platform that you listen to podcasts. We're just about everywhere. And, uh, and pray for us. That's all we can ask for. So until next time, God bless. <laughs>